Chapter twenty six of the Wyvern Mystery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Wyvern Mystery by Joseph Sheraton Lefanu. The Lady Has Her Tea. You suffers dreadful, Mom, said Mildred Tarnley. Do you have them toothaches still? "'Twas not too thick, a worse thing,' said the stranger demurely, who with closed eyes and her hand propping her head seemed to have composed herself for a doze in the great chair. "'Wuss than toothache, that's bad. Earache, mayhap?' inquired Mrs. Tarnley, with pathetic concern, though I don't think it would have troubled her much if her guest had tumbled over the precipice of Carwell Valley and broken her neck among the stones in the brook pain in my face it's called tick said the lady with closed eyes in a languid drawl tick walk well i never heard o the like unless it be the field bug as sticks in the cattle that's a bad ailment i do suppose conjectured mrs tarnley you may have it yourself some day said the lady who spoke quietly and deliberately but with fluency although her accent was foreign when we are growing a little old our bones and nerves they will not be young still you have your rheumatism i have my tick the pain in my cheek and mouth a great deal worse as you will find whenever you taste of it as it may happen your tea is good after a journey tea is so refreshing i cannot live without my cup of tea though it is not good for my tick so ha ha he ha there is the tea already in my cheek oh well you will be so good to give me my bag mildred looked about and found a small beige bag with an umbrella and a bandbox there's a green bag i have here mum a beige bag yes'm give it me ah yes my bibe my bibe and my box so this lady rummaged and extricated a pipe very like a meerschaum and a small square box tobacco exclaimed mrs tarnley the stranger interpreted the exclamation without interrupting her preparations Tobacco? No, better thing, some opium. You are afraid, Mrs. Harry Fairfield, she would smell it? No, I do not wish to disturb her sleep. I am quite private here, and do not wish to discover myself. Ya, 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 hoo. It was another twinge. Sad thing, mum, said Mildred. Better now, perhaps? Put a stool under my feet. Zir, zir, that will do. Now you light that match and hold to the end of ze bibe, and I will zen be better. Accordingly, Mildred Tarnley, strongly tempted to mutter a criticism, but possibly secretly in awe of the tall and big-made woman who issued these orders, proceeded to obey them. No great odds of a smell arter all, 
said mrs tarley approvingly after a little pause and how long since harry married inquired the smoker after another silence i can't know that nohow but tis since master charles gave him the lend of the house dee people dees fairfields are laughed the big woman drowsily when will he come here to-morrow or next day i wouldn't wonder but he never stays long and he comes and goes as secret-like as a man about to murder almost ha i dare say old darefield would cut him over the big shoulders with his horsewhip i think and when will your master come master comes very seldom oh very just when he thinks to find master henry here maybe once in a season and where does he live at home or where asked the tall visitor well i can't say i'm sure if it bain't at wyvern at wyvern i do suppose mostly but i dare say he travels a bit now and again i don't know i'm sure because i wrote to him to wyvern to meet me here is he at wyvern well faith i can't tell i know no more than you mum where master charles is said mildred with energy relieved in the midst of her rosary of lies to find herself free to utter one undoubted truth you have been a long time in the family mrs tarnley drawled the visitor listlessly since i was the height of that before i can remember i was born in carwell gatehouse here my mother was here at old squire's time meeting the father of the present harry fairfield or wyvern that is and grandfather of the two young gentlemen master charles and master harry why bless you my grandfather that is my mother's father was in charge of the house and farm and the woods and the tenants and all there wasn't a tree felled nor a cow sold nor an acre of ground took up but just as he said they called him honest tom pennyquick he was thought a great deal of my grandfather was and carwell never turned in as good a penny to the fairfields as in his time not since and not before never and never will that's sure and which do you like best squire charles or squire harry inquired the languid lady i like charles said mrs tarnley with decision and why so well harry's a screw you see he'd a leaf gie a joint of his thumb as a sixpence he'll take his turn out of every one good-humoured enough and pay for trouble wi a joke and a laugh a very pleasant gentleman for such as has nothing to do but exchange work for his banter and live without wages all very fine i never seed a shillin of his'n since he had one to spend mr charles can be close-fisted too when he likes it suggested the old lady no 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 he's not that sort if he had it open-handed enough and more the gentleman every way than master harry more the gentleman answered mildred yes harry fairfield is a shrewd hard man i believe he ought to have helped his brother a bit he has saved a nice bit of money i dare say said the visitor if he hasn't a good handful in his kissed corner tain't that he wastes what he gets 
i do suppose he'll pay his brother a fair rent for the house said the visitor master harry'll pay for no more than he can help observed mildred it's a comfortable house pursued the stranger twas so when i was here warm and roomy acquiesced mrs tarnley chimbley roof and wall staunch and stout twill stand a hundred year to come we a new shingle and a daub of mortar now and again there's a few jackdaws up in the chimbleys that ought to be drew out of that with their sticks and dirt she reflected respectfully and you mean to tell me he pays no rent for the grange and keeps his wife here demanded the lady peremptorily i know nothing about their dealings answered mrs tarnley as tartly and tain't clear to me i should care much neither they'll settle that like other matters without stopping to ask mildred what she thinks out and i dare say master harry will be glad enough to take it for nothing if master charles will be fool enough to let him well he shan't do that i'll take care said the lady maintaining her immovable pose which with a certain peculiarity in the tone of her voice gave to her an indescribable and unpleasant languor i never have two pounds to lay on top of one another Jarity begins at home i'll not starve for master harry and she laughed softly and unpleasantly his wife you say is a starved curate's daughter parson maybell poor he was down at wyvern vicarage meet only twice or thrice a week as i have heard say and treated old squire harry bad i hear about his rent and old squire fairfield was kind to her anyhow and took her up to the hall and so when she grew up she took her opportunity and married master harry she was clever to catch such a shrewd chap clever light again i shall have three four other puff before i go to my bed very clever how did she take so well and hold so fast that wise fellow harry fairfield oh fancy i do suppose and like him she's a pretty lass all them fairfields married for beauty mostly some of them got land and money and the like but a pretty face all as along with the fortune the blind stranger for blind she was smiled downward faintly and slyly while she was again preparing the pipe when will harry come again she asked i never knows he's so wary do you want to talk to him mum said mildred yes i do said she hold the match now mrs tarnley please so she did and puff 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 about a dozen times went the smoke and the smoker was satisfied well i never knows the minute but it mightn't be for a fortnight said mrs tarnley and when mr charles fairfield come 
asked the visitor. If he got your letter, he'll be here quick enough. If it's missed him, he mayn't set foot in it for three months' time. That's how it is, Weeham, answered Mildred. What news of old Harry at Wyvern? asked the stranger. No news in particular, answered Mildred. Only he's well and hearty. But there's no news. The Fairfields is a long-lived stock, as every one knows. He'll not lie in oak and wool for many a day yet, I'm thinking. Perhaps she had rightly guessed the object of the lady's solicitude, for a silence followed. There's a saying in my country, God's children die young, said the tall lady. And hereabout they say the devil takes care of his own said mildred tarnley but see how my score o years be runnin up i take it sinners lives be lengthened out a bit by the judge of all to gie us time to stay our thoughts a little and repent our misdeeds while yet we may you have made a little fire in my room mrs tarnley inquired the stranger who had probably no liking for theology Yes'm, everything snug. Would you mind running up and looking? I detest a chill, said this selfish person. At that hour, no doubt, Mrs. Tarnley resented this tax on her rheumatics. But though she was not a woman to curb her resentments, she made shift on this occasion. That did not prevent her, however, from giving the stranger a furious look while she muttered inaudibly a few words. "'I'll go with pleasure, Mum, but I'm sure it's all right,' she said aloud, very civilly, and paused, thinking perhaps that the lady would let her off the long walk upstairs to the front of the house. "'Very good. I'll wait here,' said the guest unfeelingly. "'As you please, Mum,' said Mildred and with a parting look round the kitchen she took the candle and left the lady to the light of the fire the lady was almost reclining in her chair as if she were dozing but in a few moments up she stood and placing her hand by her ear listened then with her hands advanced she crept slowly and as noiselessly as a cat across the floor she jostled a little against the table at Lily Dogger's door. Then she stopped perfectly still, withdrew the table without a sound. The door swung a little open, and the gaunt figure in grey stood at it listening. A very faint flicker from the fire lighted this dim woman, who seemed for the moment to have no more life in her than the tall grey stone of the druid's hoe on cressley common lily dogger was fast asleep but broken were her slumbers destined to be that night she felt a hand on her neck and looking up could not for a while see anything so dark was the room she jumped up in a sitting posture with a short cry of fear thinking that she was in the hands of a robber be quiet fool said the tall woman slipping her hand over the girl's mouth 
i'm a lady a friend of mrs mildred tarnley and i'm come to stay in the house who is the lady that sleeps upstairs in the room that used to be mr harry's you must answer true or i'll pull your ear very hard it is the mistress please em answered the frightened girl married lady yes em who is her husband with this question the big fingers of her visitor closed upon lily dogger's ear with a monitory pinch the master mum and what's the master's name you dirty little bevaragator and with these words her ear was wrung sharply she would have cried very likely if she had been less frightened but she only winced with her shoulders up to her ears and answered in tremulous haste mr fairfield sure there's three mr verfields there's old mr verfield there's mr charles verfield and there's mr harry verfield you shall speak plain and at each name in her catalogue she twisted the child's ear with a sharp separate ring oh law mum please em i mean mr charles fairfield i didn't mean to tell you no story indeed my lady ho ho yes charles charles very good now you tell me how you know mr harry from mr charles oh law mum oh law oh mum dear sure you won't pull it no more good lady please my ears most broke gasped the girl who felt the torture beginning again you tell truth how do you know mr charles from mr harry mr charles has bigger eyes mum and mr harry has lighter hair and a red face please em and mr charles face is brown and he talks very quiet like and mr harry talks very loud and he's always travelling about a horseback and mr charles is the eldest son and the little child they're looking for is to be the squire o wyvern the interrogator here gave her a hard pinch by the ear perhaps without thinking of it for she said nothing for a minute nearly and the girl remained with her head buried between her shoulders and her eyes wide open staring straight up where she conjectured her examiner's face might be is the man that talks loud mr harry here often asked the voice at her bedside but seldom mum too busy at fairs and races i hear them say and mr charles is he often here yes em master be always here except in this time only he's gone about a week about a week mr charles oh la mum yes indeed mum dear it's just a week to-day since master went here was the silence that will do if i find you've been telling me lies i'll take ye by the back of the neck and squeeze your face against the kitchen bars till it's burnt through and through do you see and i give you this one chance 
if you have been telling me lies to say so and i'll forgive you nothing but truth indeed and indeed mum old tarnley will beat you if she hears you have told me anything so keep your own secret and i'll not tell of you she saw the brawny outline of the woman faintly like a black shadow as she made her way through the door into the kitchen and she heard the door close and the table shoved cautiously back into its place and then with a beating heart she lay still and awfully wide awake in the dark end of chapter twenty six recording by john brandon